Hello and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me, as always, I have a Jer. Hello. I'm Alex. hey And Ben. Wheeler. <laughs> a reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support over the Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Let's jump right into it. The best card that you're not playing up today, Alex. Alex, tell us about a card. It's reanimate. I... Now, even Beej could probably say that everyone's already playing Reanimate. But wait, <laughs> not true. Only uh, Reanimator players are familiar with this card. Okay. So this is an obvious shoe-in card. It's a black sorcery, like one black for a sorcery. Put target creature from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. You lose life equal to this converted mana cost. Mm -hmm. Fine. You know, this is what you're using to drag out your... Um, Grizzlebrands your grizzle and your brands, Ionas. Your Ionas, yeah. stuff like that. That makes sense. It's inexpensive mana wise the cost is largely irrelevant in that archetype because you're going to kill them with this mm -hmm. i play this card very frequently in black based aggro decks as a value card because sometimes Ooh. one black pay two life put your tarmogoyf back into play is perfectly fine or after you've hand attacked them maybe you take their grave titan or something there's great little synergies in like black mold specifically golgari aggro mm -hmm. where like um uh my homie lotleth troll that you can pitch <laughs> creatures to you just like play that guy get a counter on him and then like reanimate something out of the bin or you cast um uh shriek maw and then reanimate it you, the get, you get two yeah. you get two doom blades even stuff like um collective brutality you can pitch cards that you want to cast for less uh mana this card absolutely slaps in any <coughs> deck with Spellseeker also in it. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Being either just rebuying a Spellseeker um, to get that ability, finding it off Spellseeker to rebuy your, I don't know, your Palace Jailer, your Shriek Maw, your Eternal Witness, whatever it may be. Something like a Kalidus or a Hostage Taker, like a big swingy mid-range card. Yeah, it's just card. like one black mana and a couple of life points is a very small price to pay for getting back some very very good creatures that aren't like the sort of you know six seven eight drop hammer blows but still very good hmm. and even against aggressive decks it's it's very good because it lets you double spell super early mm -hmm. so all right Let's talk really quickly about some events that you might see uh, North 100, our greater lure people at. Reminder that on May 4th, the Puget Sound Battleground is happening. There's going to be a Candle Under 1K event there. So look out for Wheeler and White at that event. Get ready to rumble. Uh, reminder that there will be likely a very large lure presence at Magic Fest Seattle coming up between June 20th and 23rd. And there will be a Highlander event there as well. So basically, if you're looking to play the format in paper with some of us and you're in the, the Pacific Northwest region, get ready, because we're coming for you. <laughs> that sounded ominous. Get it. I, hello, friend, let's battle? Is that less ominous? Slightly. Okay, good. All right, let's talk about today. <laughs> let's talk about today's theme. This is part two of our War of the Spark set review. Last episode, we got to the whooper, but not quite the guh. So we did white, blue, black, and red. Today our goal is uh, green cards, gold cards, artifacts, and lands. But first, uh, we asked for uh, some viewer submissions, and we got a lot. We got a lot, a lot of viewer submissions. Um, unfortunately, we can't cover all of them. So we created sort of a short list of cards that we thought um, 
would see more play in the format. And I'd, I'd like to think that as we discuss these, we'll talk about why some of the other ones weren't as included as much. And as a quick recap, just a reminder that our set review is not exhaustive. Mm. Uh, we're only talking about cards that we think are relevant in the format or are close and have a playable thing like that. We won't go over every single card. Uh, just due to time constraints. Yeah, Marshall Sutcliffe has that covered. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So the first card that we want to talk about today is Narset Parter of Veils. This is a blue planeswalker. For one blue blue, enters play with five loyalty. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Minus two, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature non-land and put it into your hand. The rest go on the bottom in a random order. Jer, what do you think of Narset Parter of Veils? I'm not actually a huge fan of her for Canadian Highlander. Uh, her static ability is sometimes going to be pretty good, but it's rarely going to be super backbreaking. And the minus two, once again, is is pretty good, but it's it's probably not going to win you a game. Uh, this card has already sprung up a bunch in Vintage, and has been proven to be a powerhouse Ooh, yeah. already. I'd say. Yeah. But, so I think I think that's more her home. Than, than Canlander, in, in my opinion. It's weird how it would skip over us and go right to Vintage. There's because, I mean, our, <laughs> our formats I mean, are different. They have a sideboard. <clears throat> there's not a lot of, well, there's she, also... She's getting played main deck. There's, she's in the main deck. There's not a lot of Goblin Guides running around in Vintage. <laughs> there's not a huge amount of <clears throat> Mantis Riders, Loxton Smiter, like... There's a huge amount of Ancestral Recalls and Paradoxical Outcomes. Yeah, <laughs> and this... very good against. The control decks in our format and so like when you look at this card i imagine a lot of players looked at this card saw oh my god can't draw more than one card this is going to lock out blue and combo but like blue decks can kill things now blue decks kill things a lot right they are either packing burn they have three power flash threats that can take her down in one swing and then most of the prominent combo decks in the format uh eggs aside but let's forget about that um <laughs> don't actually have to draw cards to kill you. And like on the turn that you slam a Narset, they can just stop drawing cards. They can start casting their tutors, their peer through depths, whatever it may be. Also, if you're gonna make use of the two bad impulses you get, she's gonna have one loyalty and like your trinket mage is going to kill her. Yeah, non-land is huge. Uh, oof. Yeah, all right, let's move on to the next anyway. one here. We have <clears throat> commence the end game. Six mana instant for four blue blue. This spell can't be countered. Mm -hmm. Draw two, then amass X, where X is the number of cards in your hand. I know Jarrah actually started warming up on this card. I know normally I wouldn't throw to the same person twice, but Jarrah, tell me about Commence the Endgame. Yeah, originally I misread this card. I thought it was also a mass two instead of a mass X. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, you're making a two two. It doesn't matter. You're not going to play any other amass cards in, in a deck that would play this. But. I could actually see playing this as a as a win condition in control decks. Uh, for those of you who always ask me about Seinfeld cards, this is a card that could get into Seinfeld. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It's an instant, can't be countered, draws you cards, makes a thing that wins you the game. That That's reasonable. I could also see playing it in other dirtily slow control decks that are hurting for win conditions or just you really want to be instant speed with your win conditions. Like you don't necessarily want to tap out for Consecrated Sphinx or Inferno Titan, what have you. This is a reasonable uh, alternative to to those if you really want to be instant speed. Not saying it's better, just saying it's an alternative. Worth trying. Drago, 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 zombie! <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, single combat. 
This is another user submission. Five mana sorcery for three white white with some sweet <laughs> art of Nahiri fighting Soren. Each player chooses a creature or planeswalker they control, then sacrifices the rest. Players can't cast creature or planeswalker spells until your next turn. Alex. Until the end of your next until turn. Until the end of your next that's, turn. Pardon me. Relevant. Pardon me. Pardon me. Wait, if you pick a creature, you sacrifice all creatures. If you pick a planeswalker, you sacrifice... Or no, you, you, it wipes you get everything. one creature or planeswalker, and every <clears throat> everything else of those two types goes away. Oh, okay. This is a little bit like... Um, Each player chooses a creature. Cataclysm? Yeah, but like kind of uh <laughs> no I, but I, your your evaluation is on the right thought like you that, can look at this yeah. and think that's it's cataclysm. The kind of spell it is but it doesn't seem that it's closer exciting. to tragic arrogance or divine reckoning i think it's it's in the category of cataclysms of expensive white sorceries that have both players sacrificing some number of permanents that it's supposed to be symmetrical but you build your deck in a way or you plot your turns in a way that it will be better for you um, the decks that play Cataclysm, a lot of them have started, at least uh, pilots, local pilots, like the, the Death and Taxes pilot locally, has started cutting Cataclysm. Hmm. Like, Cataclysm ain't what it used to be. Just yeah. in time for me to get a copy. And something, <laughs> I mean, it's not bad, right? There's yeah. a time and place for a card like that. It's just, if you want this kind of effect, you will probably start a Cataclysm. And then you go down the line. And that's even if you want multiple copies of Cataclysm, which, I mean, you only, like, the first one is great, but then you, when you, like, if you do the second one, well, you have to get up to four mana again, and then you have to be in a position where you're like, oh, God, my board didn't do anything, and then I got a Cataclysm <laughs> again. And it's, yeah, I... All right. I poo-poo this card. And uh, the last card we're going to talk about from the Phantom Missions, and again, I know there were a lot of them, but ideally what we're getting to when we, we talk about this is... Even if a card is powerful, it might not always have a home in the format just because mm -hmm. it's been outclassed by something older or something newer or something like that. But the last card we want to talk about is Davriel, Rouge, Shadow Mage. <laughs> I, I'm, I kid, it's called Rogue. Three mana, My favorite icon. three loyalty planeswalker for two and a black. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has one or fewer cards in hand, they take two damage. Minus one, target player discards a card. I misread this card in the pre-release. I took way more damage. Alex, tell me what you think of Davriel. Yes. <laughs> I, okay, so if you tuned in last Friday um, on Friday Night Paper Fight, you would have noticed that I played Pox, mm -hmm. which is a deck, maybe the only deck that this is like a shoe-in into. Um, I think this card is probably going to be sweet in that deck. And probably not see play anywhere else, because like, there's not really any of the other decks that are leveraging um, hand attack as hard as is necessary to make his sort of like um, shrieking affliction the rack effect be relevant. But in this one archetype, uh, I think he's sweet. It's also really cool looking. Yeah. So. All right, let's continue on with our regularly scheduled set review. Thank you again for all the user submissions. First up, The Awakening of V2 Ghazi. <laughs> Five mana instant, three green green. Put nine. That's right, nine. Plus one, plus one counters on target land you control. It becomes a legendary zero, zero elemental creature with haste named V2 Ghazi and is still a land. Nine. Wheeler. Nine. Nine. I don't like this card. I really don't. It's very expensive. 
It makes your thing legendary, which high Caracas. Oh, yeah. Um, and I mean, instant speed is great. Nine, that's a lot. Those those parts, love that, love that. But I, it's you're just like opening your land to just get destroyed with a very expensive spell, and it doesn't get any evasion either. Like slapping, people talk about slapping this on like an ink moth nexus, which yeah, it's pretty sick. But like, <laughs> other than that, it's just you. This is not the kind of card I would want to include in a, any deck, frankly. There are just better, and you will see some of them, there are some better, like, hammer-dropping fives in green that mm. you can play. All right, next up, Evolution <clears throat> Sage. Three mana uh, elf druid. Uh, you get a three, two for two and a green. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, proliferate. Jer. Better better chuck this one over at Wheeler. Really? I was going to chuck it to, to Surge. So the weird, okay. And then, oh. <laughs> well, it, this is this is really a twofer, right? Like you got the land part, which Surge gets all squiggly, giggly inside, and then I just like the value proliferate. Yeah, I, this is just kind of in the same thing as Flux Channeler, where repeatable proliferate attack when it comes at the cost of doing something that you're probably already going to be doing is appealing enough to at least consider these cards because like, we is, haven't seen them. This has got to be sweet with fetches. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's this This one is more, um, you're going to get more out of this one than Flux Channeler. I mean, being green is a bit of an if, but, like, I don't know. I does, does green have any ability to put more lands into play? <laughs> so, yeah, but the one, issue one or is, two. So the issue is, even in Turbo Land, what targets you do? Like, Dark Depths wants less counters, not more. Uh, and what few planeswalkers you play, it's not really a build around in a Turbo Land. Shot. I don't think you play it in Turbo Land. I think you just play it in a deck that has planeswalkers in it. Like oh yeah, but when you look at me and you say the, the lands part, I don't know if it's relevant in lands. Hmm. Like as as a lands player, I don't look at this effect and and think you know the two or three planeswalkers I play are suddenly going to explode in value. Right. I yeah. don't think either of us are framing this card on our walls, but I yeah. I, I do. I, what I mean is that like. You'd throw to you because it says land on yeah, it, yeah. And, and a landfall trigger. Yeah. And I feel like there's gonna be like a Simic Walker's deck that this is gonna slap in. I could even see this in the counters deck, honestly. Like Ooh. the body's not that bad. Yeah. That deck plays elves, and like if you play this, then play another um, three drop that has counters and a fetch land. Like you can start popping off. Right? Yeah, that's right. Do you think the best version of that deck is Doran? Four color. Really? Yeah, that deck. No red. I thought that deck was more of like a meme until I played it on and stream and just started like steamrolling people. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm a Traxa now. All right. Let's wheel it back over this All way. Right. Finale of Devastation. X, green, green sorcery. Search your library and or graveyard for a creature card with converted mana cost X or less and put it onto the battlefield. <laughs> if you search your library this way, shuffle it. If X is 10 or more... Creatures you control get plus X plus X and haste until end of turn. Uh, Jer. This card is very good. Uh, <laughs> yes, it goes in hoof. Yes, it goes in pod. Yes, it goes in all of your other green creature decks that make My mana. My brain is uh, melting. You can, relevant lines that come up for hoof is if your hoof goes away for some reason, like they countered it or they discarded it, you can reanimate it from your graveyard. Um, the X is 10 or more will rarely matter if you can make that much mana in any of these decks. You likely have a lot of creatures in play. 
and you're just getting hoof or a way to kill them anyways. So you can get a Lenoir elf of X's ten and still win. That part yeah. is mostly <laughs> yeah, mostly actually. irrelevant. Right? You get Dryad Arbor. Mm, Birds yeah. of Paradise for the flying. Right? Like like uh, <laughs> you're mostly casting this for ten mana. X equals eight. So yeah, you can say you cast it for ten mana. This so card is so gross. It's, yeah, it's not even good. color limited. Like um, Green Sun's uh, Green Sun's yeah. it's, it's insanity. That's also, why it's good in Kiki. You and can get Kiki and not shuffling too. Like I think they're the that will the the shuffle on Green Sun Zenith is a weird kind of thing where there are definitely times where you're like, well, I wish this was in my graveyard so I can get it with Eternal Witness or whatnot. But like, oh, oh yeah, right, yeah going to like your graveyard. This yeah. into Eternal Witness anyway. Uh, next up, God Eternal Ronus. Five mana, five five, legendary zombie god with death touch. When Ronus enters the battlefield, double the power of each other creature you control till end of turn. They also gain vigilance, and it has a new god clause. Do you want me to just throw this right to Wheeler? I think medium green might be my favorite medium deck now, and this card I play. I got to play it in medium green. Oh God! Like this, it the this card absolutely just tosses people aside. Like you, it's difficult to deal with. Death touch is on a five-five seems kind of funny, but green is a color that can easily give things trample or not, depending on how the ability is worded. <laughs> Um, and obviously <laughs> the god die clause is cool, but I haven't even gotten to the part that most people are thinking about. It's this ETV trigger where you just like play this in any green base mid-range deck. Um, basically give your team indestructible or at least make combat a nightmare for your opponent and crunch in. And yeah, I originally I was kind of like down on this card or not necessarily, but I was like, ah, this is cool, but it, you know. It'll fade away, but like after getting my hand on it. Sorry, when it says double the power, does that take into account counters as well? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure yeah. does. Yeah, double. It, oh yeah. And this, equipment. Yeah. <clears throat> Ronus is like Captain Crunch, as in it's the captain now, and it's gonna crunch in on your life total, and oh, you die. Man. The end. Okay. All right. Next up, we got Nissa, who shakes the world. Five mana Walker. Uh, you get five loyalty for three green green. Static ability, whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green. Mm -hmm. Plus one ability, put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target non-creature land you control. Untap it, it becomes a zero zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste, and it's still a land. And minus eight, you get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible. Search your library for any number of forest <laughs> cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. Alex, what do you think of this card? Seems like she combos with forests <laughs> um mm. it seems great it, you know, like it ramps it protects itself by making threats and then it'll just kill your opponent to death forever yeah, yeah. seems solid but whether it's going to unseat comparable staples in something like hoof ID. <laughs> all right next up nissa's triumph <laughs> green green sorcery Search your library for up to two basic forest cards. If you control Anissa Planeswalker, instead search your library for up to three land cards. Reveal them, put them onto your, into your hand. Blah, 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 blah. Put those cards into your hand. And shuffle. Put them into your then hand. Then shuffle. Then shuffle. Reveal those cards, put them into your hand, and then shuffle your library afterwards. Why did we add this card? I don't know. Uh, what? 
Because it because it has the highest ceiling of one of any magic cards ever printed. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to triple Sylvan Scrying for green green? It says any, any land, land if you have Anissa. Any land. Any you search your library land. for any three lands in your deck and put them into your hand. Any land. Yeah, okay. I mean, needing oh. to have Anissa in play is, is a pretty big deal. Like, it's not always going to happen, not reliable. But the worst case is it's, like, double lay of the land in one card, so it's still card advantage, technically. It's fine. Uh, it's you would certainly wouldn't put that card in your deck, but... If any land. If you're slamming a bunch search. of Nissas, getting any three lands in your deck, you probably win the game very shortly, it, or you built your deck incorrectly. Like, if you're playing a green-white, kind of, like, looking to Titania, strip people out, or Coder with No idea decks. what that would be like, yeah. Yeah, not, not familiar. <laughs> like, green-white or Abzan. All right. Um, and you're... Your thought is okay. Well, I'm, I might get ranched by a Blood Moon here, but if I get out enough green sources, I can cast a bunch of my answers to Blood Moon, or at least operate normally. And this card lets you do that. And those decks also tend to play multiple Nissas. Yeah, including the one that's up there. All right, fair enough. Next up, Paradise Druid, two mana, two one for one and a green. Has hexproof as long as it's untapped. Add one of any. Add, tap to add one mana of any color. Alex, what do you think of this card? Huh, it uh, it fixes and it's a pain to get rid of. How would you guys compare this to um, something like uh, Sylvan Carrier? That's yeah. the one. Yeah, it's worse, <clears throat> but it's better in Jeskai Ascendancy. Yeah, that's not wrong. This one can <laughs> attack. This is the best card that Jeskai's Jeskai Ascendancy's got in a long time. A huge boon to the archetype. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, he's playing a there, new shark attack. There are instances where you will find, obviously, Karyatid is at the top, but there will be instances where you just need to untap with a dork, and then you feel comfortable. And I think this card can fill the role in some of those decks. Two power is also just not anything to, you know, ignore. Um, relevant, too, that if you, I don't know, I, I, there's, I have this thought of, like, you playing this in a deck that also has equipment and this just kind of sits around with hexproof and then you slap the pro sword on they can't kill it and then they can't kill it yeah Yeah, exactly that's cool next up we have pollen bright druid two mana elf druid for one and a green you get a one one when it enters the battlefield put a plus one plus one counter on target creature or proliferate pocket pollen um okay 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 again cheap proliferate i actually think this card's real in the counters deck like if you ignore Flux oh, Chan- shit. if you <laughs> if you ignore Flux Channeler and Evolution Sage and all the other garbage that I've been trying to convince <laughs> you guys on, fine. But this one, two drop proliferate creates a body. Can also just play it out to have a relevant, well not a relevant, but at least a bear or pump something <laughs> else. I I think this card will find a home for sure in the counters deck. And cheap proliferate's pretty good, and we haven't seen a lot of it, so please don't get too angry at me about all these inclusions. All right. <clears throat> Are you asking and magic players to not be angry at you? Yes. Bold okay. line. Bold. Return to nature. Two mana instant for one and a green. Choose one. Destroy an artifact, destroy an enchantment, or exile target card from a graveyard. Alex seems excited. Alex, tell me about this card. But wait, there's more. It It's naturalized, but they added one thing that it really wanted to do um do you jared looks happy well, ben there's, looks a, there's unhappy. a the up oh, and ben, down and side to side ben, here ben ben thinks it's a good card but he wants them to stop printing this playable garbage because it always beats him why why do you have to attack my graveyard we, we, too? we both think it's good 
Yeah. Ben just hates it. All right. <clears throat> Fair enough. And the last green card we're going to talk about today, Vivian, Champion of the Wilds. Three mana Planeswalker <laughs> for two and a green. Comes into play with four loyalty. Static ability. You may cast creature spells as though they had flash. Plus one until your next turn. Up to one target creature gains vigilance and reach. Minus two. Look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one face down and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For as long as it remains exiled, you may look at that card and you may cast it if it's a creature card. Jer. This card. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this? not prepared for that. For those of you on the audio <laughs> version, Beej switched to the anime versions of the Planeswalkers here, which are very pretty, by the She's way. So She's moe. so rad. <laughs> You this might be the way to get Beej into paper magic. <laughs> He's nodding. Um, this card's pretty good. Um, I'm not sold on it, mostly because you only get to look at three to find a creature. Uh, the static ability is very good. The plus one is amp, but it's a three mana planeswalker that has a plus ability. So, like, you know, it doesn't need to have a lot of text. Uh, it's going to be very good against control. So, if you have a lot of control in your meta, you could slide this on in and likely. Uh, likely going to be pretty good, but I I don't think I'd play it in most decks in most metas. All right. Oh, she's great for medium green. <laughs> Let's move on to gold cards. Our first gold card today. Sorry, I, I just wanted to be fair and then also show the Nissa. <laughs> oh, because it's <laughs> actually pretty wild. Oh my goodness. Yeah, have you seen all these cards? You yeah, know, no, they're I, so I, good. Just not all of them up close. Yeah. So what what flags do you have to trip to get this? Oh one? my god. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Okay. Angrath's Rampage is our first gold card. All the weeb is on this side of the room. <laughs> yeah. I just realized. It's like a gradient. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. No weebs beyond this line. Angrath's Rampage. Two mana sorcery. Black, red. Modal card. Choose one. Target player sacks an artifact. Target player sacks a creature. Or target player sacks a planeswalker. Alex, what do you think? This is a lot like the um, a card two cards ago that we talked about. It's an edict that hits a lot of stuff and you get to pick um i think this card's kind of cool it's a shame it's a sorcery but like it's gonna hit a lot of things um uh sacking a planeswalker is exciting because like you broadly speaking if your opponent has a planeswalker they have one and if they have two this is still gonna be good yeah so Next up, Ashiok, Dream Render. Three mana hybrid Planeswalker for five. One blue-black hybrid, blue-black hybrid. Static ability, spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause their controller to search their library. So notably, if they control it, they can't search your library. Wait. Wait. They can, they can still bribery. Oh, this isn't this isn't Avon Mind Sensor. Avon Mind Sensor would protect your library from their, their bribery, so it yeah. functions slightly differently, pardon me. Minus one, target player puts the top four cards of their library into the graveyard, then exile each opponent's graveyard. Wheeler, what do you think of this card? First they attacked my artifacts. <laughs> then they attacked my library. And now they're going after my graveyard too. Um, I feel like a lot of people will play this card more than it probably deserves play. Well, because they're gonna play it to hose you. If by hose you mean like a fireman's hose filled with ranch that is just blasting at me, then yes, they I will be hosed by this. They guy. have to hope he's not on medium green. Yeah, oh, this yeah. card does yeah. stone nothing <clears throat> in about fifty percent of your matchups. 
So hell yeah. So a fire hose of ranch has a real Guy Fieri vibe to it. Okay, well, <laughs> back to the card. Um, uh, yeah, Flavor the high town fire department. Well, the, <laughs> the hybrid cost makes it pretty appealing. High loyalty, sure. Repeatable graveyard. Um, see, like all these things form a card that seems like it would be really good, but I have a like it's no even mind sensor. Like my least favorite part about the idiot bird is that it kills me. <laughs> is that it's an idiot. And it's an idiot. And it has flash. And you can also just like the excitement whenever anybody casts a Oh, Wheeler's about to tutor. You're like, are you, are you you're casting Demonic Tutor? <laughs> I have a and I know they have it. I know they have On turn it. one, they go like, Ancient Tomb Chrome Mox. They're like, pass. <laughs> or or the, the, pl the planes, Mana Crypt. Go and it's just like okay. sure okay yeah. <laughs> okay look <laughs> you're looking down at your hand of three fetch lands you're just like yeah I'll concede <laughs> yeah they're hanging uh, weights off the corner of their mouth to keep this, them smiling this, this this card just feels like a meta call and even then I'm not super sold on it and that's not just because I'm salty if you're playing like a best of seven against Wheeler then I could see including it but mm -hmm. otherwise probably not. Next up, Casualties of War, six mana sorcery for two black black green green. Choose one or more. Destroy target artifact, creature, enchantment, lands, and or planeswalker. Jer. I, I think this is far too expensive. Uh, it It's rarely going to catch you up in the way that you need. Like, if it destroyed all, if, the, if it was like destroy all creatures as the mode, then it would be playable and still not amazing in our format. Oh, it would you be, pick it would be one pretty of good. Each? Yes. Mm -hmm. Ooh. But you can't, yeah. It, it need it's not going to catch you up enough to for it to see play i don't think all right next up cruel celebrant cruel celebrant is a two mana vampire for a white and a black it's a one two whenever cruel celebrant or another creature or planeswalker you control dies each opponent loses one life and you gain a life wheeler does this card go in aristocrats <laughs> yes moving on yes yeah. all right uh death sprout uh, four mana instant for one black, black, green. Destroy target creature. Search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. Alex, what do you think? That's a lot of mana to kill a creature. And ramp. And I'm ramp. excited for this card in Wilderness Reclamation decks. Yeah. I have no that, idea. What, it, what? I played it in uh, one of the paper fights. Wilderness Reclamation's the enchantment that lets you untap all your lands on your end step. Hmm. Remember that so, bug deck where nobody could resolve anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was miserable. Interesting. So you, you think it, it had a home exactly in that deck? What about something like The Rock? <clears throat> uh, no. Shift, maybe. Like if you're on like yeah, a... Maybe shift. A four-color shift or the Jund shift. Double is... Black's probably pretty hard in, in four-color, but mm. probably yeah. easier in Jund. Totally yeah. sweet art, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's ours. Seth McKinnon. Point. All right, next up, D-Spark. D-Spark is a two-mana instant for a white and a black. Exile, target permanent with CMC four or greater. I'm not four or free. <laughs> Kalima! Kalima! Wheeler. Uh, I think this card has got a lot of conversation surrounding it, but the best part about Abrupt Decay is that a lot of things are three or less, and it can't be countered. Four or greater is a lot. Like, there's a lot of small things coming into the format, and while it's nice to have a cheap answer to the big things, a lot of cheap answers already exist that can attack both big and small. Um, Exile's cool and good, but the combination of 
I mean, being Orzhov color and only hitting four or greater, I feel will leave you dying to a lot of Bremaz's swords. Goblin guides. Goblin yeah. guides. What matchups do you play removal for, Ben? Uh, I tend to play removal when I don't want to die to uh, Bremaz's uh, swords, <laughs> uh, go yeah. goblin guides. Nice. How many of those does this remove? Uh, well, D-Spark only hits four or greater. And if we're talking Bremaz's uh, <laughs> swords and goblin guides, uh, abs uh, none of them. None of them, Jer. Good talk. Yep, great. All Next right. up, Domri Anarchopolis. <clears throat> three meta planeswalker for one a red and green. Enters play with three loyalty. Creatures you control get plus one, plus zero static ability. Plus one ability, add a red or a green. Also, creature spells you cast this turn cannot be countered. Minus two, target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. Jer. I really like this card. Uh, it makes your, uh, that art is sick. The The Japanese art for this card is awesome. Yeah. Ooga chaka. Um, <laughs> the anthem effect makes playing Mana dorks a lot more appealing, and you're almost definitely going to be playing mana dorks in this deck. Uh, casting this, casting this on turn two against a control deck is going to make their life absolutely miserable. It's a trend uh, with three mana domries. Yeah, <laughs> uh, ramping you is also quite good, as well as going three to five, making your five drops uncounterable. That's often the first turn if you're on the play. The control deck's going to want to hold up a counter spell, and now it's absolutely useless. Like you can go turn one dork, turn two this another dork yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then turn turn three god eternal rotus <laughs> or <laughs> swing for a million or uncounterable primeval titan yeah, yeah. That's, take that's, your choice yeah it's pretty good um yeah. and then also having like people who have played a lot of hoof and played a lot of domri and hoof or played a lot of pod and played a lot of domri and pod know how valuable the uh, domri raid know how valuable the minus two fight on that card is just because you can't afford to really put much removal in that deck, so having incidental removal mm. is so huge. And so I think people are gonna underestimate that ability a whole lot, and it's gonna be very good. Cool. And mm -hmm. this card is very good. Next up, Domri's Ambush. Two mana sorcery for red and a green. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Then that creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planeswalker you don't control. Alex, notably not a fight, it deals damage. Yeah, it's like one. It's one-sided fight. Pump your creature, sorcery though. Hmm. Wheeler. Uh, I think this card's actually pretty all right. Like again, if if it doesn't see play a year from now, sure, whatever. But <laughs> the I mean, because it could. It's just another removal spell in a long line of removal spells. But it also just offers something that we haven't really seen before in colors that kind of get that like being able to pump your guy is cool um your creatures are going to be able like the power of your creatures before the counter are already going to be able to kill whatever it is your opponent has mm. but they'll all but like just giving that added bonus lets you do some tricky things with elves or your one drops or whatever being able to get around awkward death touch creatures too can be t um tough for those decks and then also being able to you can hit like flyers. Yeah, that like too. Those, so. Like sometimes you you will get outraced by like a deck that has lightning bolt and Vendelian Cleek. Um, but the hitting a planeswalker is the part that I think solidifies this card because again, being able to boost up your creature to make sure that it's able to comfortably attack, not wasting your combat step on attacking a planeswalker. Um, and then also hit their life total. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Attack their life points directly yeah. while being able to get their planeswalker out of the way. 
All right, I've got two control cards. I'm just going to throw <clears> them both to Jer back to back here. I have Dovin Hand of Control. Oops. Hmm? Oops. Oops. Almost. Sorry. This is his okay. signature spell. Uh, Wait for it. Should we just talk about this one? We'll talk about this one first. Yeah, we'll we'll talk, talk about Dovin's Veto first. So All right. Two mana instant, white, blue. This cannot be countered. Counter target non-creature spell. Control player, control expert, Jeremy White. Your Best evaluation, card in please. the set. Uh, play it <laughs> in all your blue-white decks. Uh, it's good against Ben and everyone else. So yeah. Now, this over negates. Yep. yep. Even though the mana cost is harder? Yep. All right. It's it's not actually that hard. Why not both? Yeah. Cool. Per, I'm, yeah. I, both. I, I, if you're Esper, get Counter Squall in the mix, too. I'm putting it in my deck. I was not going to play it in my blue-white tempo deck. because like, this mana's hard. I'm just going to play negates. Oh, snuffling. Why? Well, that is fair. All right. Let's go back to the original one we were talking about. Dilvin Hand of Control. Three mana legendary Dovin, casts for two and a, and a Nazorius hybrid, <laughs> enters play with five loyalty, artifacts, instants, and sorcery spells your opponent's cast are one more expensive. Ooh. Minus one until your next turn. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent controls. What do you think, Jer? I'm not a big fan. It It is good with Wraths and <clears throat> uh, does sort of make things slightly annoying for your opponent if they're not on creatures, so it like does both affect creatures and non-creatures. I just don't think it does enough for a control deck. Uh, when you're playing control, you need all your cards to either be super efficient or incredibly powerful. And this card is reasonably efficient and moderately powerful. Mm -hmm. And you and you just really want like either end of the scale. This sure. card's too middling for control, I think. Right. This is a stacks card. Yep. Hey. Ancient Tomb, man. Stack, 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 Yeah, stacks, play this on stacks, turn one. Stacks. Everybody! And it's only one-sided, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Dread Horde Butcher. Red and a black. Black and a red gets you a 1-1 one, one zombie warrior with haste. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and when it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Alex. I'm free now. I love this card. I mean, it's a slith that you're always going to get something off of. But it's a zombie in red. That slightly annoys me. Yeah. But it's a warrior. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the creature types are, are kind of like a garnish, <laughs> but, you know, like haste, crack in, it gets bigger. Uh, and then when it explodes, um, any target is yeah. pretty big. Like creature, planeswalker, or player, that's huge. Like you could slap equipment on this. This might actually just go right into aristocrats as well. Pretty cool. What do you Can't think? Tell if memeing me or not. <laughs> no, I'm uh, serious. I, I don't. Think I actually so. thought. I well, I thought about it for Mardu maybe. Yeah, you, but like not in four color for sure. It's. Maybe I think it's. A, yeah, I think it's even a bit too aggressive for Mardu. Hmm. All right. Next up, we have stretch for time. I lost my place. Enter the God Eternals. Five mana sorcery, two blue, blue, black. Enter the God Eternal deals four damage to target creature. You gain life equal to the damage dealt this way. Target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard and amass four. Ben, what do you think? So this is kind of like a new version of Ribbons of Night, which uh, shout out, what shout out to that? my players from 2008. Um, so like it's expensive for sure, but this card has a lot of text on it. Being able to pop out a creature, self mill yourself, uh, self mill yourself, I, pop out a creature, 
uh, feed your delve, your snapcaster, your whatnot, gain some life in blue-black, which you never see, and kill, ideally kill their best creature. This has enough on it that I'm willing to consider playing this spell. It does um, a lot. Yeah. yeah, it does a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, remember when that baby cruel ultimatum came out and people were like, oh, wow. Dark intimations. Yeah, yeah, a baby cruel ultimatum. Not good. But, like, didn't do anything. But this is actually kind of like this baby cruel ultimatum. Yes. Yeah, cool. Just make sure you make the, the noise. <laughs> Every time you cast it. Yeah, crocodile. Boom. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Feather, the Redeemed. Legendary Angel. You get a 3-4 for red, white, white. It has flying. And... Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a creature you control, exile that card instead of putting it into your graveyard as it resolves. If you do, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. Jer, what do you think? Uh, I think this card's pretty good. A 3-4 flyer for 3 is uh, very impressive stats. Uh, so if you're a Boros Agar deck in base white, you're likely playing this just for just for the stats alone. Um, and if you're playing like a Naya double strike style of deck this card is also very efficient yep. you play a lot of pump spells in that deck rebuying your pump spells are good uh once again this card is difficult to remove it is legendary which is a pretty big downside but i i think you could play it it's not a staple or anything but cool uh next up we have gleaming overseer uh zombie wizard one four for one a blue and a black when it enters the battlefield amass one zombie tokens you control have hexproof and Menace. Alex. Nah. <laughs> ben? Buh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're right! Buh! <laughs> <laughs> like, I compare this very unfavorably to uh, oh. Diagraph Captain. Yeah, that's which, just a lore. Like, if this wants to be in, like, the zombie deck, um, and for the exact same mana cost, you could have a 2-2 that gives your whole team plus one, plus one, and death touch. Yeah. I don't know. I'm no zombie expert, but I think <laughs> that I didn't I didn't start talking for that bit, but well, here we are. Um I I think this could probably be fine, right? Like am I am I missing something? It's two bodies on three, and hexproof and men that's a lot of abilities. And this card will be difficult to deal with at four toughness, mm. right? And if they do, you didn't invest too you much and you still have the And token. it doesn't just give your amass tokens. Hexproof and menace. It gives all your tokens mm. hexproof yeah. and menace. I I just I'm just worried you'll have cards, not tokens, and then it doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Like maybe this isn't good in the zombies deck. Maybe there's some sort of like uh, uh, blue black deck that just incidentally ma you're getting ready to do it again. It <laughs> incidentally makes you know zombie tokens, and this is gonna get some value off of it. And you know yeah, four toughness isn't so bad. Well, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. All right, moving on. Watley's Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what, what what's the art trying to do there, yeah, ben? ben? Ben, what's what's this? <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're gonna keep doing that, you have to orbit your mic. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dino it's a dinosaur. They had a clear art direction I, this I'm set. I'm sorry, BJ. There's those three you, in a row. So for those of you listening to the audio version have no idea why we're losing it, all of the art in the last three cards feature very prominent open mouth and like a big comical V thing, and it, it just keeps happening. Quatley's oh. Raptor is a 2-3 dinosaur for a green and a white. It has vigilance, and when it enters the battlefield, Ben Wheeler's favorite word, 
proliferate. What do you think, Wheeler? Uh, it's a cheap proliferate <laughs> card, but this is somewhat reasonable. Like a two mana two three with vigilance, it's not winning any awards in 2019, but it's better than a bear. I don't know if I'd actually prefer this over Pollen Bright Druid, which seems like a weird thing to say, but the flexibility of being able to pump something that already doesn't have counters is pretty cool, or just like synergizing with hardened scales in a different way is also cool and good but i don't know i'd give this a shot uh next up living twister which i'm going to throw to myself red red <laughs> green gets you a two five elemental one in a red discard a land card living twister deals two damage to any target <laughs> and for green mana return a tapped land card you control to its owner's hand this is trade roots this is oboro this is seismic assault this is everything i want in a magic card on a 2-5 that comes down on turn 3. It's going to protect or you. Or turn 1 if you have fast block. <laughs> welcome. All welcome, right. welcome, welcome home, little friend. Next up, Mayhem Devil. 3 mana, 3-3 three, three Devil for 1, a black, and a red. Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, Mayhem Devil deals 1 damage to any target. I'm going to throw to Alex. A player... Any player. Any target. Yeah. Whenever a player sacks a permanent. This card's hot. Yeah. It's, it's a 3-3 three, three for 3. So, like, the body's already just, like, better than you would expect for this kind of thing. Um, and uh, in Aristocrats, you're going to be sacrificing plenty of stuff. But wait. It also cares about your opponent's fetch lands. Hey, you don't sack anything in eggs, do you, Ben? Not I a thing. Okay. I actually don't think this card's good enough for aristocrats. Really? Really. Yeah. <laughs> well, continue. I, I've I've played the deck a fair amount, and lots of times you really want to be able to use the the combat step to get your to get your triggers to trade off creatures. Uh, you don't always have a sack outlet in play. Mm, because specifically um, because it says sacrifice and not when it dies. Yeah, and I, I think that's a very large downside. Uh, I think if this wasn't a 3-3, I would definitely agree with you. Yeah, but Aristocrats doesn't want a 3-3. Like, it, the size of creatures in Aristocrats is, like, so largely irrelevant. I feel like this card's going to be doing but, so much more damage off of what your opponent is sacrificing, like clues, fetch lands, whatever it may be, Sakura Tribelder, like... All these weird, there are so many cards <clears throat> having been absolutely dirted out by like Angel of Jubilation. Uh, <laughs> there are so many things that just you don't process as sacrifice that are that have sacrifice. And all of a sudden, you get three GRVs yeah, at a competitive event. And you... I, I could totally be wrong, but that was, that was just my read. It's also yeah. a devil unicycle that's exploding. <laughs> oh my god. It's got sweetheart. Next up, Merfolk Skydiver. Two mana, one, one, merfolk mutant for a green and a blue. It flies. And when it enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Five mana, three blue, uh, three green, blue, proliferate. I'm going to throw this one to Wheeler. I don't know why a fish is in a lightning storm tornado. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm... Have you seen the movie series Sharknado? All right. <laughs> Moving away from the art, what do you feel about the words on the card? Well, I like two mana two twos that have flying surge. Yeah. So uh, that also have more flexibility when it comes to uh, than just being that. I don't know if you'll ever use this proliferate ability. That part might not even, doesn't even need to be there. 
Um, but a two mana, two two flyer, I will take that. Cool. I'll take anything. Uh, next up, quite possibly one of the <laughs> spiciest cards in the set, Neoform. Green and a blue sorcery as an additional cost. <clears throat> Sorry, it's an uncommon. I forgot this had a counter on it. I was yeah. thinking about this morning. Yeah. Now I'm, oh yeah, yeah it gives oh. a counter. All right, all right, let me introduce Neoform. Green and a blue sorcery uncommon. As an additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature. Search your library for a creature card with convert a mana cost equal to one plus the sacrifice creature's convert a mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it, and then shuffle your library. Jer. All right. I, this card is actually is worse than I thought it was. I thought it said or less on it. Um, oh. It's still insane. It's still <laughs> yeah. very, very good. There's, it's still like put it in your pod decks, put it in your mid range decks, put it in put it in all your decks still. But I I just had that realization. Um, yeah, this card is sort of like a pod activation or a mini Eldritch evolution. Um, both those cards are insane. This card is also good. Maybe better because it doesn't exile itself, which is huge. Uh, it allows for like an eternal witness. Yep. And make it a three-two, and then get back Neo form. Yeah, and, and then you sack the Eternal Witness, get get something that get back, gets back Eternal Witness, Arca or you sack Archaeomancer, or you sack another another three-drop, go get Resto Angel, blink your Eternal Witness. Then Is you there anything that you would want to get that really benefits from entering with a plus one plus one counter that you wouldn't normally be able to do? Proliferate creatures. Incubation Druid. Oh yeah, Incubation Druid's kind of a sweet line. That seems like a waste. Yeah, <laughs> probably. No, yep. I, yeah. I'd rather just try and set yeah. up infinite yeah. turns or kill my opponent. Yeah. I agree. But. All right, let's move on. Next up, Nicol Bolas. Oh, sorry. Ba oh. Back to Neoform for one second. Sure. It, it is also spell-seekerable. You can get it with spell-seekerable. That's the big one. A huge, one. huge right. one as well. Right, right. Bolas, Dragon God. Five mana Planeswalker, but the five mana is blue, black, 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 red, Enters play with four loyalty, has the static ability, has all loyalty abilities of all other planeswalkers on the battlefield. Kind of a flavor fail. It should be all planeswalkers in graveyards, but I digress. Plus one, you draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control. Minus three, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Minus eight, each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses. Alex. Oh. Um, this is a whole lot of really scary text, um, but I don't play Grixis controlly style decks, so I don't know if this is going to make its way into those. What do you guys think? I don't think it goes into traditional Grixis control. Uh, it's probably very good in, in Super Friends if you can manage, manage a way to cast it. Um, it's, it's a reasonable card regardless, but I don't think it's like a, a slam dunk auto-include. Five mana is quite a bit. Yeah, it's strong, but it's also costed for that strength, which yeah. makes it tough. <clears throat> I mean, we should probably mention the thing that people are going nuts over, which is how it combos with... Um, Jace Cunning Castaway. Which, in Highlander, is probably not that great. As, nope. <laughs> as someone with uh, the self-proclaimed uh, largest number of reps with Jace Cunning Castaway at uh, three tournaments... <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I wouldn't ever play these two cards together. Or this card by itself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, next up, Niv-Mizzet Reborn. 
five mana dragon for Wooburg. You get a 6-6 six, six flying legendary dragon avatar. When it enters the battlefield, reveal the top 10 cards of your library. For each color pair, so just like all the guild colors in Ravnica, for each color pair, choose a card that is exactly those colors from amongst them. Put the chosen cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Wheeler. This card's great in my Jota commander deck, <laughs> but not for this format. I've tried, and, and Lord knows I've tried, to figure out if there's a way that this card could do anything. But the decks that get up to five colors have far too many colorless mana rocks to allow them to get to five colors. Or they're just going like Curd Ape into Tarmogoyf into True Name Nemesis or Geist to Saint Traft. Um, maybe Hypergenesis plays that, but I'm stretching to... I had a joke answer and a less joke answer. Yeah. Five color dragon stuff. But I don't even think that's good enough. Like how many okay, dragons? so many of the dragons are three color. The issue here is the the upside you get. <clears throat> like worst case scenario, this is a five mana six six, which is which is very that hard to cast. That costs five colors. That, co that costs five colors. Yeah, it doesn't have a powerful ETB effect. You you really need to be able to draw cards off of it to get any value. Here's my less joke answer. Lucky charms. I talked to Liam about it. He doesn't think so. Okay. But. Interesting. Yeah, the charm deck definitely has a lot of hits. So, huh. You once again play yeah. a lot of the three color charms in that deck too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Next up, Oath of Kaya. Oath of Kaya is a three mana legendary enchantment for a colorless, a white, and a black. When it enters, yes. Sorry, just the artwork I realized is that peace and then fade out of existence. <laughs> uh, anyway. When it enters the battlefield, it deals three damage to any target, and you gain three life. Whenever an opponent attacks a planeswalker you control with one or more creatures, Oath of Kaya deals two damage to that player and you gain two life. What do you think, Jer? Uh, I'm not big on this card. Three mana, sorcery speed for a lightning helix is pretty expensive. Uh, the decks that are looking to play this card are going to be more defensive decks, and it only triggers when they attack a planeswalker you control, not when they attack you. Um, it it might gain some additional value. It's a nice life buffer, but I, I just don't see it personally. That is a really nice jacket. Yeah, that's fair. I could see this in maybe Mardu. That's yeah, like maybe. Like a Mardu mid-range, but... Uh, next up, Ral, the Storm Conduit. Four mana Planeswalker, enters play with four loyalty, costs two, blue-red. Whenever you cast or copy an instant <coughs> or sorcery spell, deal one damage to target opponent or Planeswalker. Plus two ability, scry one. Minus two ability, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy it, you may choose new targets. Alex. Hmm. Ben, ben seems like he's doing air guitar for this. I don't oh, know. I'm just mocking. I, oh, yeah, that's, oh, wow. that's that good good stuff right there. I'm going to play this card a bunch. All right, Jared, uh, tell me about it. This card goes infinite with, with two copy, copy spells or copy effects because then they can just copy each other mm -hmm. and it triggers its static ability triggers off copying or casting uh, in instant or sorcery. Copy resolves, which copies is the copy, copy sort of, the copy resolves, copies. And then you sort just of, dome them. Sort of the first time that's really happened as far as far as I'm aware. Huh. Yeah. Um, so you go you go infinite with like a fork and an expansion or a fork and another fork. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you, you get the picture. Yeah. Um, you play other than that, of combo? it's like not I'm not playing it in like it's not a dedicated combo deck. It's like a combo control deck, but 
you're you're never playing this in a in a dedicated combo deck, but you definitely are only playing it if you have the ability to combo, I think. Okay. Next up, uh Roalesque Apex Hybrid. Five mana gets you a four five legendary human mutant for two green, green, blue, has flying and trample. When it enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control, so notably can't target itself. When it dies, proliferate. Proliferate. <laughs> and then proliferate again. Honestly, the fact that this is the first time I've stumbled on this word and we're an hour in amazes me. I'm proud of me. Um, um, it has the favorite word in the set, uh, Ben. Tell me about this card. I don't even... Did I put this on here? I mean, I think this card's better than what my initial read of it was. It has a lot of text on it. That's usually a good sign. Um, if your opponent crackuses this card in a deck that is deciding to play this card, it's probably bad news bears for you. Um, four, five toughness on a uh, threat is always nice to have. It has flample. It yeah, has flample. Flample is uh, pretty cool and good. Uh, and then if they kill it, you proliferate twice, which a deck that is looking to put as many counters on as many things as possible seems pretty good. But this, so yeah, I could see this as like a top in, top end, and an already greedy strategy, which <laughs> kind of bypasses the fact that playing this seems very greedy. So, yeah. yeah. All right, next up, Sahili, Sublime Artificer. Oh. Three mana Planeswalker that basically reads, if your opponent has that one mana sorcery that kills it, they're just going to cast it. I made that joke on tap, tap, concede. Three mana Planeswalker uh, for one blue-red hybrid, blue-red hybrid enters play with five loyalty. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact creature token. Now, servo, not thopter, they don't fly. Minus two, target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until end of turn, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Jer. This card is very, very good. This is almost certainly the best uncommon Planeswalker in the set and might actually just be the best Planeswalker overall in the set. I haven't thought too much about it. But hmm. This card's really, really good. Uh, it does a very reasonable young Pyromancer impression with the upside of potentially being able to turn your 1-1 one, one Chunguses into like Crackling Drakes for a turn, which probably kills your opponent. And True Name also Nemesis. not dying to Doomblade. Yeah, and it, and it dodges most removal, like red, and you're not down ticking that much. So it's like, it's gonna stay at five loyalty pretty, pretty well unless they at are attacking it or you're killing them. So that's pretty good. Cool. Uh, next up, Soren, Venge, uh, Soren Vengeful Blood Lord. Four mana Planeswalker for two, a white and a black. Static ability, as long as it is your turn, creatures and planeswalkers you control have lifelink. Plus two, Soren deals one damage to another target player or planeswalker. Wait, could target itself. I don't know why, but it could. What? Just says to target player or planeswalker. No, I, I, I inserted the word another, which was incorrect. Okay. Minus X, return target creature card with CMC X from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature is now also a vampire. What do you think, Alex? I don't know. Like, I like the two other four mana Sorens because um, they just spam the board up and they gain you a lot of life, anyways. That plus two is like really anemic. But it's a plus two. It adds. It up. is a plus two. I suppose it's going to add up, and eventually you're going to be able to like get something huge back. Although, like, <laughs> this doesn't go into Reanimator. No. Going to Sorin Da. Yeah. I, mm, <laughs> um, but like what deck that is gonna guarantee itself t 
to have something worth returning is going to play this. I could see playing this in Aristocrats. Yeah. Like when we covered the Planeswalkers and talking about how um, it, it, it doesn't have the defensive capabilities of like just giving your team lifelink on their turn, but just a free everything you have has lifelink. You're a deck that likes throwing things into combat and being able to rebuy whatever thing you sacrifice to get it again, sacrifice to dome them for approximately a million. It's pretty good. And again, like that that uptick, right? It adds up. Yep. You'll die to this card. Welcome to North 100 and Aristocrats podcast. Oh, God. Next up, Storev Devkarin Lynch. I think I nailed all those words. Lynch. Beg your pardon? Damn Lynch. it. Oh, I got the hard parts wrong and the easy part. Uh, the hard parts right and the easy part wrong. I'm sad about this. So our Lich friend is a 5-4 for 4 for one black, black, green. Gets you a legendary zombie elf wizard. Has trample. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, return to your hand target creature or planeswalker card in your graveyard that was not put there this combat. Um, who's up now? Am I back to Jared? Better, better I, toss this, this is one to Alex. Alex, yeah. Alex, what do you think about this card? I like this card. It's a shame that it doesn't have haste, but Trample's going to make it trigger <laughs> more easily. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm, instead of Trample, but like Trample's oh, going to make sure. it easier to trigger. Um, the clause uh, of not getting back stuff that got there this turn is like kind of annoying, but not that bad. I think this is a cool card. I'm not positive where I want to play it. Because, like, 4 CMC is a very coveted slot in, um... Uh, Black Mold. In, yeah, in Black Mold. Because, like, everything there has haste. Just about. Um, and this doesn't. But it's 5 power for 4. Gets in. Gets back value. You think Litzy's playing the rock? <laughs> Wheeler and Jared just shaking their heads now. All right, fair enough. All right, let's move on. Next up, Teferi, Time Raveler. Uh, this is a three-mana Planeswalker. Comes into play with four loyalty for one, a white, and a blue. Static ability. Each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery. Plus one until your next turn. You may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. Minus three. Return up to one target artifact, creature, or enchantment to its owner's hand. Draw a card. I'm going to throw this to Jer. Uh, this card's either going to be really good or really bad. I don't think I'm going to play it very much. Uh, it's very good against blue decks. Otherwise, very bad. Um, yeah. It's, Fair enough. It, it's very good in combo control. That's probably the only place I'd actually play it. Next up, we have 10th District Legionnaire. Uh, this is a 2-mana two 2-2 two, two for red and a white, has haste, and whenever you cast a spell that targets it, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it, and also scry. Alex. Are you okay? That's um, a sneezing part of me. So there's, like, kind of the framework of... I think we are talking about Naya Double Strike as a deck. You know, just like a deck that plays pump spells. And I could maybe see this getting into it. It's like, such a Boros card. It's, it's very, very Boros. I like that it's not a temporary pump. Um, and Haste makes it really, really sweet. And also just like getting a scry means it's like, oh, let's look for either I need a threat or another pump spell for next turn. Yeah. Seems like a perfectly efficient little creature. Next up, we have Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge. Stretch 
My, my apologies, it isn't in our set. Huh. Oh. It's, it's numbered 275 <coughs> it, of 264. It's the buy a box promo. Oh. Yeah, this is the buy a box promo. Sneaky. So, Tezzeret, six mana, gets you a five loyalty planeswalker, costs you four blue-black. Static ability, creatures and planeswalker spells you cast have affinity for artifacts. Never thought we'd see that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus two, master, uh, Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge, deals X damage to each opponent where X is the number of artifacts you control. You also gain X life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Plus? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, six mana. Minus three, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Minus eight, exile the top 10 cards of your library, put all artifact cards from amongst them onto the battlefield, and notably, you cannot cast, Tezzeret itself doesn't have affinity, so you can't cast it for like two if you control a bunch of artifacts. Uh, I'm gonna throw this to Wheeler, because you play a lot of weird artifact e decks. I like how you said six mana, like you've never tapped a Tolarian Academy. <laughs> like, I don't, this card is good. There's not much to say about it. It's a big academy finisher. I wouldn't necessarily play it in... Well, I 100% wouldn't play in, like, Paradox or anything like that. But if you're playing just the good old-fashioned add 20 mana, cast an Ugin, cast a Worm Coil or whatever... Wildfire. Yeah, play this card. Yeah, I like, I like the word Wildfire. All right, next up, Time Wipe. Five mana sorcery, two white, white, blue... Return a creature you control to its owner's hand, then destroy all creatures. Control player of Jeremy. How do you feel about this new wrath? Uh, not a control card. It's a mid-range card. Uh, this is one of the best mid-range wraths they've ever they've ever printed. Mid-range, you're always on the fence of about whether you want to include wraths or not, and you usually end up including things like comeuppance or settle the wreckage or toxic deluge in an effort to kill all of your opponent's things while not killing all of your things. Mm. And this does that. You get to keep your, or pick your best thing, whether it's like a value ETB creature like an Eternal Witness or a Snapcaster Mage, or just your best thing, like a, I don't know, big creature like a Titan or a Consecrated Sphinx, and then recast it after after the Wrath. Um, I think this is a pretty good mid-range card. I'll definitely test it. Not sure if it's good enough Wraths you often want to come down before turn five, but if you're a mid-range deck, you often have a lot of efficient removal and or creatures to block. So you're usually pretty good at living until turn five, but tough to say. Hey Teferi, meddling with the timeline like this isn't gonna have any unforeseen consequences, is it? Oh, Teferi's very familiar with um, uh, suffering. He's just like, and no, time. not at all, you know, with tentacles coming out of his eyes. Yeah. All right, we got to keep moving real quick. Apologies. Next up, Tyrant's Scorn. Two mana instant for blue and a black. Choose one. Destroy target creature with CMC three or less, or return target creature to its owner's hand. Alex. This seems kind of neat. Like, um, Smother is a card that exists. I don't see a lot of play with it, but it's probably underplayed. Um, and this is just that, but more. It's yeah. like, it's Unsummon plus uh, Smother, and those are both pretty good cards, so... Yeah. All right, let's move to artifacts. Firemind's Vessel. Four mana rock, enters play tapped. Tap to add two mana of different colors. What do you think, uh, Wheeler? Uh, Paradox Engine. That's all I'd play it in, probably. Maybe certain, maybe like, again, the blue-black Academy deck, but mostly just Paradox Engine. Next up, we have Guild Globe. Oh, my God. This is a two mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. 
Pay two, tap, and sack it. Add two mana of different colors. Uh, I'm going to throw it back to Wheeler. This might be the best two mana egg of all time. Um, in fact, I think it probably is the best two mana egg of all time. Like, being able to draw a card when it comes to play, great. Meet, it already meets the egg qualification. Um, <laughs> but being, and it doesn't come into play tap, so you can sacrifice the turn it enters play. So this allows to uh, create several different, like it just adds to different loops as well. Like this makes one of your um, Academy Zurin Orb Second Sunrise Shredder loops a hell of a lot easier hmm. because ta-da, Second Sunrise needs white, white. And so this can actually fill the role of, which sounds so stupid to say, it can fill the role of Black Lotus <laughs> in, in some of your loops. Huh. Yeah. Like, people are, are going to be watching this or listening to this and thinking that I'm just blabbering, but this card is huge. Cool. This is huge. All right. We have the new Karn up next. Four mana gets you Karn the Great Creator, enters with five loyalty. Static ability, activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control cannot be activated. Plus one until your next turn, up to one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its CMC. And minus two, you may choose an artifact card you own from outside the game or in exile. Reveal it and then put it into your hand. Jer? Uh, because we don't have sideboards and thus don't have cards we own outside the game that are attainable, uh, this card is not playable in our format. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> yeah, Ben's probably still going to lose to it uh, because yeah. of the Someone's static ability. Someone's going to play it anyways. Yep. Uh, he has been null rotted before, yep. and this card is probably better than null rod. Tough yeah. to say. Ouch. Uh, um, yeah, there's there's just other more efficient cards that do the things that this card functionally does in our format. Like, there's Stony Silence and null rod if you really want to beat Ben, and if you really want to turn your creatures into... In, or non-creature artifacts into Golem. creatures. There's Silver Golem. There's Sidri. Is that, yeah. is that the one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's other things that do it better for less mana that also do other things. So use those. All right, last colorless card we're going to talk about is Ugin the Ineffable. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm wrong. Mana Geode. Three mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, scry. Tap to add one mana of any color. Do we care about three mana rocks? No. Not, not unless they oh, add two. One. And that's sort of the that's sort of the baseline. Even though it enters and scries, if it doesn't tap for two, it's not good enough. If it drew a card, maybe. All right. Uh, if, we drew, if it drew a card, we yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Just, that's just an interesting. This is an interesting baseline and conversation to have of what mm -hmm. it takes to be a good rock. And, and Managio does make the cut. All right, fine. Ugin, the ineffable six mana planeswalker enters play with four loyalty. Colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast. Mm -hmm. Plus one. Exile the top card of your library face down and look at it. You get a 2-2 two, two colorless spirit creature token. When that token leaves the battlefield, put the exiled card into your hand. Minus three, destroy target permanent. That is one or more colors. Wheeler. Uh, this card is very expensive. I, I Well, not when you're playing the kind of decks that I want to play it in, yeah. but it is pricey, and often those decks aren't looking to slap down a threat, deal with something, and then pass the turn. Honestly, just being a... Having the flexibility of if you absolutely need to start drawing more cards by making the tokens or whatnot um, pushes this into something I'm willing to consider for certain archetypes. But mostly you're just playing it because you just get to poop out eggs and draw cards and kill people that way. Cool. Let's move on to lands. First up, we have Blast Zone. Blast Zone enters the battlefield with a charge counter on it. Tap to add colorless. 
For XX and tap, put X charge counters onto Blast Zone. Three, tap and sacrifice it. Destroy each non-land permanent with convert a mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on the Blast Zone. Now, I added this card. I want to talk about this card. When I added it, I thought it did a couple of different things. I thought it was pernicious deed. I thought it was equal to the number of counters and under. So a couple of downsides on this card. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of an odd ratchet bomb. And another downside that I see to this that I didn't consider the fact, the fact that it comes in with one counter is kind of a downside. There's a lot of very powerful things that cost zero in this format. Moxen, tokens being some of the big ones. I mean, obviously when they, when they change the rule for flip cards, the backside used to be zero, not quite as good. So I'm less hot on this card than I was previously, but the fact that it's a land, that it's an uncounterable thing that can do a lot of things, and if you have a bunch of mana, you can quickly ratchet it up to deal with certain threats, offer some unique flexibility, but it's not the hotness that I originally thought it was. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, it, like the reason being the opportunity cost of putting in, in some decks is just so low, and there's a chance it just wins you the game. Like, if like a, a hoof or a pod deck just have like a super elf heavy land light draw, hmm. you can just like play it on four, sack it to completely neuter their mana out of nowhere. Hmm. Um, right, yeah, I guess just play it again against an, it immediately. an academy deck sometimes being able to get it up to two counters and blowing it on two counters if you have some sort of ramp yourself, like you have a soul ring draw or something. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd be sweating if I saw this come down across the table and tick up one. Because it's like, well, this is going to be Pyroclasm next turn. Mm -hmm. Actually worse than Pyroclasm because it's going to kill my Tarmogoyf. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, next up, Interplanar Beacon. So it's a land, has a static ability. Whenever you cast a Planeswalker spell, gain one life. Tap to add colorless or one tap. Add two mana of different colors. Spend it only to cast Planeswalker spells. Wheeler. Uh, in the Super Friends decks that I tend to enjoy playing, you might get a little bit greedy on some of the <laughs> mana sources you're playing, and this can help deal with that. I mean, I, you don't you don't play it for the top. You don't actually play it like you, uh, gaining some life is actually. I mean, it's kind of nice against aggressive decks, or the fact that you're tapping ancient tombs, frantically sacking fetch lands to try and fix your god awful mana base. <laughs> um, but this also helps, right? Being able to fetch out specific duels to play your four drop walker and then filtering your soul ring your ancient tomb your mind stone to properly cast a five drop walker or whatever it may be um yeah this obviously very narrow application but i think it's at least worth testing in a four uh, four color or more super friends list next up karn's bastion this is a land i mean we're in land section tap to add colors or pay four tap and proliferate ben uh, I wouldn't play this in the counter. Uh, maybe I would. I don't know. This card seems... This, no matter what I say, it's probably going to be incorrect. I could say this card's good and it won't see any play. <laughs> say this card's bad and it turns out to be the best new card for counters. Hard to evaluate. Hard it's probably to good evaluate. in Super Friends as well. Yeah, it's like super... Again, it's extremely low cost to include in those kind of decks. Um, super Friends, if anything, will want to play this. And if you have the Interplanar Beacon, it kind of makes up for the fact that this is just another colorless land. And the last card we're going to talk about today's set review is Mobilized District. So enters play as it's a land, tap for colorless, or pay four mana. It becomes a 3-3 citizen creature with vigilance until end of turn. It's still a land, and it costs one less for each legendary creature and planeswalker you control. Jer, talk us out. What's the last thing we're looking at Alex here? seems excited for this Alex, one. what do you it's think about this card? It's just so wholesome. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, like, a good critter land. 
Yeah, and it's it's really nice that they're praising Bolus's citadel in the background, Shh. right? No, they're aiming to the left, out of frame. No, no, they're praising the citadel. They're mobilized they're, against the citadel. They're not. Yeah, praising they're mobilized it. to go to the citadel to say, "Hey, thanks." If they Hell. were praising the citadel, their hands would be bifurcated. Yeah. Hell no, we won't go. Got him. All right, it's wholesome. Yeah. Is Wait. it? Is it playable? I think so. I mean, I would at least want to try it out. Uh, it's like the body's good. The activation cost is like too high, but there's abilities to reduce it. I also just realized they're spelling out until the end of time. So yeah, it's great. All right, friends, that's going to be it for our set review today. Um, at the end, at the end of the day, I think we're all really excited for War of the Spark. Can't wait to start adding them to our cards. Let us now move to our closing segment, Powerful Magic. And up to date, it's me and chat. I have a very important story to share with all of you. Uh, it is basically a one-step guide as to how to beat Benjamin Wheeler in Highlander. <laughs> Can I go? Now, now, an important thing to note is uh, Ben and I have a long and storied career of playing each other, and this might shock some of you, but I don't win a lot of these games. <laughs> I, I try, and I try, and I get so far. No, but um, yeah, I got I got a win on him on the Friday Night Paper Fight uh, League that we had last Friday. Notably a game, not a match. <laughs> Damn it, yeah. <laughs> you just had to take that from him. <laughs> Let me have your embarrassing. Gotta, gotta set the record straight. So uh, I'm playing blue white hate bear tempo-y sort of thing like that. Uh, ben is on some type of monstrosity called medium, medium green. green, and and uh, I will tell the board state on some of the relevant parts here. Uh, there's a bunch of cards, but J uh, but 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 Wheeler controls Ronus. Uh, the the old Ronus god, the which, indomitable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The snowman. The, yeah, Ronus the Abominable Snowman, <laughs> which is a 5-5 five, five with Death Touch and Indestructible, comes down at 3, but it can't attack or block unless you control another creature with power 4 or greater. And for 2 and a green, another target creature you control gains Trample until end of turn, plus 2 plus 0 and Trample until end of turn. Another target creature. Now, for whatever reason, Ben's Ronus is in Russian. <laughs> oh. I think that's what I posted, right? No. Well, close oh, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> looks, looks like Cyrillic. Um, ben also has a GTA. And now my my board has a lot of like pretty good creatures, hate bears. I think I've got like a new Thalia in play. I've also got a Mirren Crusader. And Mirren Crusader uh, is a three mana, two, two, protection from green, protection from black, and double strike. Now, Ben is in the tank thinking about his turn. A bunch of stuff is going on there. He's got some other creatures in play. So Ronus is able to attack and is just like, oh, I've got it equips Ronus with the Gite and attacks me. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. And notably, there's some interesting interactions here where Death Touch and Trample will carry over damage. Sorry, I just hit the microphone. Will carry over damage through a Muran Crusader, at which point the Gite will be online, at which point Gite takes over the game and kills everything. This is a crucial moment in the whole turn. It's attacking, it's carrying Gite, it's got Death Touch. And then Ben goes, oh wait, I forgot I can't target my own Ronus with the activated ability. I lose. We're crunched for time. This is just me dirting myself. And th th 
This you is, just want to roast? This <laughs> is all it takes to beat Wheeler. If he plays a foreign card in a language and forgets how his own cards work, there's a window to win. Look, all I'm saying is I need a German Ronus, and I need a German Ronus stat. All right, everybody. That's going to be it for our episode today. Thank you very much for tuning in. A reminder, you can find a couple of us at the Puget Proud... Puget Sound Battleground on May 4th for the Candleliner event. We'll be at Magic Fest Seattle June 20th to 23rd. Also a reminder that everything that we do, including North 100, is brought to you by you with your support at Patreon over at patreon.com slash Thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you next time.